Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to the Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Jim Short. Jim, we're in Copenhagen. <laughs> Very, I mean, it's, we're in a different city every day, uh, all over the world. And this is an honor. We're here in Noma, in the ba- the back, um, the top, the the turrets of Noma, with Rene Redzepi. That's very well put. The tur- in the that turrets. is my name, and we are on the first floor of Restaurant Noma, it's where where we sit and have staff meal. Yes, mm-hmm. it's it's um, the most uh, inspiring meal I've ever had in my life. I don't really. I mean, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. Um, you just ate an amazing meal here. We've been talking. She's Margaret's been telling me for days about the meal I'm going to have when we get to Copenhagen, mm-hmm. and and it, uh, how unbelievable it is. And you've just been through the experience, and you're. Re- I can tell that you're really like you're really changed by it. I'm changed by it. I mean, I'm I'm really um, I'm a little bit high from it. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> I'm high from the caraway, and yeah. dill and juniper and. Um, all of these flavors that I, I, they're very foreign and exotic to me, but of course, yeah. you, you know them very well. Now we do. Mm-hmm. We do. We know them well now. And I mean, the, the funny thing is to most of the locals here, it's an exotic thing too. When, when we first put, say, I don't know, wood sorrel on the menu 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it was so exotic to many natives. It, it, we, it, it might as well have been like zebra meat or lion or something like that. Right. Because there's such a disconnect between what's here, what's edible, what is our larder, and what do people actually eat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's still a dis- uh, uh, sort of a, a moment of discovery for, mo- for many locals coming here. Yes, yes. Totally. And they're dis- it's but they're discovering their roots. They're discovering um who uh, they are. I mean, they're st- discovering Scandinavia again. Yeah. You know, um I uh I I I found I I found the place to be a lot more humble and earthy than mm-hmm. I, I thought. You know, yeah. you, you think you're going to come to the the world's best restaurant, you think well, that it's going to be really fancy, and there's going to be a lot of, um, m- you know, maitre d's, and you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of snooties. <laughs> there's somebody with, you know, ha- holding like a napkin over their arm. Yeah, and, and you'll feel way underdressed oh. yourself. But it yes. is, it is very elegant and fancy. But yeah, it's like a nice sort of a yeah. uh, a cabin feeling. Well, I've tried. And relaxing, I've yeah. tried that myself too many times. Being at that restaurant you describe, mm-hmm. where you feel like a little piece of shit. <laughs> and, and and you look at the wine list and the sommelier comes over and you know you're scared yeah. of of making the wrong choice you're scared of twitching it's almost an act it's almost as if for a few hours you have to pretend that you're part of a different class that right. you're born into mm-hmm. and everybody everybody acts for for these hours the waiters themselves are you know everybody's sort of a part of this this thing and and i promised myself when we would open the restaurant it would i would have as little as possible of that. So one little thing that we did, which today it doesn't even make any sense to talk about it, but 10 years ago when we opened our place and we said, this is a fine dining restaurant, but there's no tablecloths. Here in Scandinavia and Europe, that was a big thing, just this tiny little thing. And, you know, we had people leave our place because it cannot be a fine dining restaurant. Mm -hmm. Food deserves a fine linen. (laughs) Um, And there was all these sort of ideas about the meal, 
all the rituals that you know you simply had to have that sort of a pretentiousness i'm gonna call it yeah um not to sort of discourage or talk down to anybody who enjoys it i just it's not my thing right and um and now today where the whole world has crashed 2008 the the, the world economy just plummeted and everybody sort of got sick of opulence and everybody had a sort of sense of belonging suddenly our restaurant was just like wow to a lot of people you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. more honest more real uh, the pretense away authentic focused, authentic focused on people mm-hmm. we focus a lot on people on the staff mm-hmm. on our well-being on being together on having yeah. a project together and then ingredients and cooking you know and everything else silverware linens is is sort of second rate to the people and the food yeah and yeah. The, and the quality of the ideas they yeah. need to be there too The ideas were so clear. It is so much about representing, uh, I think, Danish life, Danish history, um, Scandinavia, um, all of the natural beauty that you live around. And, um, you know, I kind of felt like I had been on a hunt And I came back, and then I was presented with like the with the wand of Odin or whatever it was like for my <laughs> little duck knife. Yeah, I mean there was just so many beautiful touches. All of the um, the the spherical quality of the the fish roe in the mouth. Yeah, all the different kinds of fish roe, and then grains and also berries. Like there, there was so many beautiful feelings and elements. Um, the mahogany clam. Yeah, it's like. An anemone, you know. <laughs> What is? It? How did you discover that you can eat a? Mac- this is a 150-year-old clam. Yeah, really. That's yeah. part of the dinner. Yeah. And uh, do you know what, how I, I I read about it first because there was a story. I believe it was in. I think it was in 2006 or seven. I read a story that they discovered the world's livest, uh, the world's oldest living creature, 405 years old. Leo, do you want to Google that while we talk here? Yeah. Um, And uh, I'm almost, uh, you know, I was blown away by it, this old animal. So I want to research about it, that it was a clam Mm -hmm. and it was from Iceland, our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So I researched it. And the first thing I found out that there there was an industry for it, not for quality or for deliciousness or for anything, you know, sort of amazing uh, done to it. It was actually harvested in the ocean these ancient creatures, and then they were processed for clam chowder, for canned food, Mark. Oh, no. And I thought, no way. There's just no way. And we just put everything we could into getting these, and and we found them. Mm -hmm. And and, and we found them. And, and, you know, once you hold such a creature in your hand, and there's plenty of them, Mm -hmm. we have with their hand dived, and you think to yourself, what? I'm going to kill an animal now that's lived, you know, it's seen just the last couple of hundred years of history mm-hmm. the the german submarines were sailing by them <laughs> you know during second world war stuff like that what are you going to do to them so the thing is that you just open them and slice them thinly and mm-hmm. sort of let the guest experience those years of of intensity which is in them you yes. genuinely taste them you taste um it's the brine um it's the ocean It's uh, the way that it's cut is so be- it's so genius because it, it r- mimics the shell. Yeah. So it's every little sh- little yeah. cut is a year 
in like the, the, I'm happy you noticed these small things. Oh yeah, yeah. It, to <laughs> me, uh, the, the um the spice the the spice whatever the powdered um salt and seaweed is it seaweed yeah. around the rim yeah. the lip it's like sand but it's edible sand you know it's the moment of um you know the the, the clam being open and you know the sand gets in and that sand is that that little part of time that you're going to experience it was really amazing <laughs> i mean i was like how did it taste? Have you had you've had clams? I've had clams. I I never had this? one like this. Was a different. It was a different. It texturally different. Mm-hmm. It it tasted rich. It tasted um, uh, almost like uh, like a fatty. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. You know, it has that. It ha- you you serve the you serve its the, the sort of the. I mean, it's broken down into two parts. Basically, the inside of it, and then the outside of it. The inside of it is very creamy and wonderful and the outside of it has this traditional shellfish meat Mm -hmm. to it but the texture of it is something else it's cartilage it's sort of almost like almost almost chewy but in a tender way if Mm -hmm. that makes any sense to put it like that yeah and those two textures combined together just something is like really going on you know you feel it because it's some something you haven't had before and then the intensity of flavor just lingers with you forever yeah <laughs> and the thought of it and then the honor that that it is you know that it is to be able to consume a creature like that mm-hmm. you know something that's three times more than three times as old as i am and uh you know has so much wisdom yeah and um you know, and it, it offers itself up to you in a very beautiful, generous way. You know, it's yeah. a really <laughs> a magical experience. I think um, that that uh, the the ants. I'm also happy you great. say. I gotta be on. I, I gotta comment on this because I'm happy you say this. I, I I genuinely think that there's such a disconnect between you know what people eat and what's actually been happened to it before it became a meal. Mm-hmm. What did this animal have to go through in order for it to become a meal? What did the ingredients, who took care of them? How did they yes. get on the plate? Yes. There's just such little sort of respect and care for these things today. Yes. So I'm happy you say that because I feel the same. And I know a lot of the cooks, we feel we're sort of shaking as we open this thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a very humbling and respectful thing to do. And I think... And I think uh, I'm happy you noticed that. I'm I'm so I'm so honored to have eaten it. You know, like I felt, I felt like, you know, when you eat it, you feel this sense you're humbled yeah. by its history, and you're humbled <laughs> yeah. by you know it, you know like allowing allowing it to be eaten, <laughs> allowing yeah. that it's it's sort of or allowing it to become part of you. Being yeah. on your plate is much more dignified than being shoved into a can. Yeah, like you said, I can't believe that they were just put, putting them in tins yeah. of clam chowder. Oh yeah, I mean, let's not go talk about the food industry. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the, and the <laughs> absolute disrespect for the food, the ingredients, and the consumer. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's not much, there's not much d- dedication and care in general. Of course, mm-hmm. there's exceptions, but in general, there's not much. It's, you know, it's about profit margins mm-hmm. and and how to make uh, the the best of that, and and which is, I guess, is fine enough. But uh, it's not what we do here. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're doing art. You're making art, and you're making history, and you're making um, a real statement about food becoming as important as music, more important than music, more important than art, more important than film. You know, it, it is on the level of that and beyond because we actually do need it to survive. Yeah. But it, to me, it is really, 
it it it, it moved my soul. Like yeah. I, to, the, and even the juice I had the the sort of all the different juices, and when I had the uh, what is it with whey? Is it yeah. Pears and pear, whey? No, pear, no cucumber, cucumber and whey. Cucumber and whey. Yeah. Cucumber and whey. It's got that salinity like an Albarino. Yeah. It's like got that. Yeah. Feeling of wine and and then the the caraway plum was just that blew my mind because it was like r- r- rye bread, but it it it, it t- took it to another level. I mean, you're I, making me thirsty, and now I want to drink <laughs> these juice. You're very good at explaining these. Maybe you, do, are you looking for a waiter job? Because I think so. May, may, maybe you have to cut a bit short on the explanations, but you're very good at it. I'm very well. I I I would love to. Um, I, I'm I'm bummed. I already have a job because I would love to work here. Because I I in the, in the passion that people have downstairs too. You know that that's another element of it. They're all beautiful. The everybody that came out and talked to me about each dish. You know they they really loved the dish and yeah. they they conveyed that so well. So the service majorly part of it too. You, you yeah. could be like the ambassador. I'm like the ambassador. <laughs> the ambassador around the world, and just you let it, well, you know, we're talking about it now and letting people know about it. But that's yes. But she's been so excited for days. Yeah. About this, and and the ju- could, well, what did, for people that don't know, usually it's wine, but you had it paired with the the, the juice. juices. Yeah. yeah. And was it yeah. just as good? I felt that in for me it was better because I um, didn't have to negotiate the alcohol. Yeah. You know, usually if I have alcohol during a, 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 a meal, by the end of the meal, I can't taste anything anymore. Yeah. I'm just wasted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most people are. Most yeah. people are. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of either myself. I've got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And besides, when you're drinking all these juices that we do two times a day, and they're all done, you know, an hour before um each service we're sort of flavoring squeezing pressing blending compressing you know doing all these things and um and th- th- there's just uh there's i mean there's a i hate the word but there's a level of wellness to it you actually mm-hmm. makes you feel better by drinking that stuff oh yeah yeah, yeah so so when when there's leftover it's always one of the things that people are desperate, you know, if they've had a bit of cold, give me all the juices because it feels like you're getting a vitamin boost. Besides that, they're damn delicious. They're so and delicious. That's, that's so cool, you know, the mm. two things. Usually, every time you talk about something being hel- healthy for you, inherently you think, well, you know, it's not going to be so good then. Right. <laughs> you know, a- anything sort of, s- the idea of anything sustainable, anything healthy is, ah, oh, everything that's good is sort of greased in and fried 15 times in a row. And right. then, you know, but I, I think, I, I, I don't believe that. And those juices are a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Something that refreshes you and you drink it and you just feel that it travels through your bodies and does good things yeah. to you. Well, like the food. The food is so uh, alive. You know, the food is, so, the, when, the moss, I think, um, was so ingenious because it is a, somehow a familiar flavor, even though it's moss. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. it's it's um, deep fried, and 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 you eat it, and it's got this crunchiness that's kind of almost reminiscent of what, like potato chips yeah. or um, something. Uh, onion ring type, the, the it, really thin onions when they're yeah. fried, sort of like that. <laughs> like I mean, texture wise, string potatoes like too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know that, but the, it's something, but they're so healthy too. Yeah. You know, it's not greasy. Yeah. Um, but eating like clouds. Yeah. 
but yeah, they're very good. So good. They're very good, and they're, they're, it's it's a there's a lot of starch in it, so it fries perfectly. But there's a lot of other good things too. So mm-hmm. it's in family with mushrooms, so there's much more flavor. Yes. Than in a potato, there's not much more of these natural umami richnesses that we all so much love to bite into. You know. How did you find the moss? How did you know? <laughs> this is gonna sound silly, but it's the total truth. I was on a trip to Finland. Mm-hmm in uh, the Lapish Finland, which is truly once in a lifetime, everybody should go there. It's freezing cold, and the snow is meters t- uh, tall, but you go in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in some sort of lodge there, and there will be a sauna that's 200 years old, and you spend half a day there, you lose you know, pounds and pounds, and then the, the, the short days become into goes into night and then the, the, the northern lights are come and you see that for the first thing of your uh, first time in your life and it's like I don't know it's to me it's like the pyramids when you see the northern lights for the first time and then I was walking around the forests there and I see reindeer eating what looked like to be snow. And so I thought, huh, they're eating snow. Are they drinking or what are they doing? I didn't understand that. And then I came back and I asked my host and he said, no, they're actually eating the moss underneath the snow. And that's how they survive throughout winter. And then at the time I was, I was sort of searching for ingredients for this rough winter that we have here. And I thought to myself, hmm, well, a reindeer is a mammal mm-hmm. <laughs> and so are we. You know, why don't I try to eat it? You know, I have nothing to lose. Why don't I investigate a bit? And then I found out that there's a rich tradition of eating it, actually. And mm. then as the more you investigate into it, the more varieties there are, the more deliciousness there is, and the more we work with, the more great flavors we extract from it. But it actually started by looking at a reindeer mm-hmm. eating snow. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. I love how the inspiration comes like from just, just like, like real nature. Yeah, you're just seeing it. That's it, that's our biggest inspiration always. Uh-huh. Is that it sounds like an old, old broken record, but the ch- the changing of seasons when you have an ex- an extremeness like here, and also an abundance of nature ingredients. It that is our you know it's our friend and our foe. Whenever we feel comfortable, now it's going great. All the ingredients are fantastic. Then it rains during night, mm-hmm. and then everything has to change the next morning, and we're like running around like idiots and trying to desperately come up with the next great thing for lunch <laughs> and mm-hmm. then there's a drought for two weeks mm-hmm. and then nothing grows uh, but suddenly in autumn it's all good and then there's frost at night mm-hmm. so all the salads the herbs are gone you know yeah so even though it is our biggest inspiration also our biggest pain in the ass basically it's it's really it's really our biggest friend and for the weather yeah mm-hmm. seasonality but the seasonality in the food is so clear. I mean, the um, the things like the chestnuts and the with the the beautiful row inside and the that butter. Um, it, uh, it's it really tastes like f- fall. You know, it's fall going into winter and where the like the the, the changing of um, the seasons there, where it gets colder mm-hmm. and. Um, all of the uh, just all of the different little touches. Like, what was the what is the ball with the green inside? It's an, it's the what is the name of it? it it's the fried ah, ball. The, it's called an apleskiwa. What uh, so apleskiwa? What is what was the out outer herb stuck inside? So, it's a sort of spherical little pancake, you could mm-hmm. say. 
mm-hmm. and it's very traditional. And on the inside, there's steam greens. Yes. As we bake this, we sort of slip in uh, steam already steam greens, and then um, as it's cooked finished, we brush it with a paste of fermented crickets. Oh. Yeah. And these crickets, they are, you know, you take crickets, you blend them into a wonderful slush. Mm-hmm. And then you add salt and then you let them sit for months and months and months. And then, you know, what happens is that they ferment and they yield this amazing liquid that's somewhere between a, hmm, a mole sauce, mm-hmm. a soy sauce, mm-hmm. and a fish sauce. Yes, yes. And then we sort of s- f- s- sprinkle with whatever f- uh, pickled seasonal herbs we have mm-hmm. there. So right now, there were the flowers of lovage that we had oh. added in vinegar uh, since spring, actually. Oh, so good. But I it's it's the cricket. It's the that cricket in that thing that makes it, whoa, what's going on That's here? the flavor that yeah, I was going crazy. That's sing. Yeah. It, <laughs> it makes it sing. It, yeah. it wakes up the flavor. Like a cricket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bizarre. So do people know that? Do people ever get weirded out? Like, oh, or do they come here expect, like, no, wanting that, you know? Now nobody they, gets uh, weirded I, out anymore. No, because people are very into it, right? Yeah. yeah, people here to indulge. Yeah. Give me anything. Mm-hmm. And... We have tons of people coming here and saying, it's not crazy enough for me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, could you please be a little more, uh, I had this last time I was here, please change, you know, uh, change faster. Yeah. But a few years ago, it was the total opposite, actually. Where, whereas, I mean, we were, you know, 20, 30, 40% of our guests, they came f- to get full, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, business people. They need a quick meal. Please don't, don't you know, mess up anything. Just stay orderly. Do you have steak? Great, you know. And that mm-hmm. that's basically what most people want to eat. Right. It's right. a steak and a brownie for dessert. Uh huh. But you can get that anywhere. You can get that anywhere. That's so not so that changed a different for experience. Us. Oh yeah. That changed for us. Whereas before, I could feel it, even though we had the seven course wonderful menu. Most people they just would be happy if we had a steak and a brownie on a two mm-hmm. course mm-hmm. that took forty five minutes, you know, and then let us sit uh, for the rest of the two hours we're going to be here and just talk and have mm-hmm. drinks. Now though, that's changed. People are into it. They want as much as possible, and t- t- frankly, to tell the truth, most of the times we have a hard time actually getting people out of here. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Well, there is a, there is a sense of like. When you're down there, you feel like you've been ba- you're back from the hunt, mm-hmm. and that it's an also yeah, yeah, an inn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe you should set up some beds <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. that's what you feel. You feel like you know. I feel like Viking coming back from big, big, major yeah. hunt. I mean, yeah. it's like a very um, there's something very primal yeah. about the the appeal of being down there. All the all the I don't know the wood and the the candles and the the the, the flavors. It feels good. Good. So, well, I'm I'm happy that you that you experience all these things because. I mean, ultimately, that, that's the one thing that we're trying to do, and it's so difficult. But how do you, how do you distill a place? And how do you, you know, how do you distill a place into a mouthful that makes people really understand where they are mm-hmm. in a way that sort of points to the future with big, uh, so with big traces to history as well, with respect for history, I would say. That's so hard. And then add the element of surprise as well. 
Right. You need to surprise people too. It's not enough just to have something that delicious. It needs to say something as well. So, and that's that's what we try to do every day is sort of distill the moment. Yeah. Distill the moment. All each day is different, and and so so when you have people like you that travel far away mm-hmm. to come here, and get that mm-hmm. that you felt you were belonging here for a moment you're eating this place yes i really like to hear that i well it's true but it's it's uh, uh, you're also eating all the history that has come before in the future you know it's like you're 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 here and you're inhabiting the moment which is everything and so when you go and like i know that uh, you are so um you're so on this amazing journey. You're going to all these different places and doing all kinds of things, and you're going. You're opening pop-up restaurants and stuff. And then, would you encapsulate the place? Like, if you do something in London, do you encapsulate what London is, or do you bring? Yeah, this that's to what them? we try to do. Of course, we have our sensibilities, our intuitions that are sort of brought up here. Mm-hmm. But we we could adapt them to a, to a different place. We tried it in London. Mm-hmm. It, we were closed for a month. We're doing renovations, and so we went to London to do a pop up. And it was fun. I loved that. Yeah. I loved drinking tea and you know eating yeah. scones. Yeah. All that research you do, uh, going to farms, um, picking up strange new berries I hadn't tasted before, and trying to mm-hmm. become friendly with them so that we could cook something that talked. Uh, to the guests, you know, here is a group of people that are sort of immigrants for a while, and we're going to try to cook that place. Yeah, I like that. We're yeah. going to do one more in the future. We don't know where, mm, mm. Uh, but but we're planning to, tr- to to try and do it one more. Yeah, uh, somewhere. Where would you you just you you just pick the place and would you come to America and do it? I we would definitely go to America at one time and do it. Right now, I have a different place in mind, and that's that's uh, yeah. Somewhere in Asia. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in Asia. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Also, if you look at it from our perspective, here we are. We're 10 years old. Food's always been here, but food's not been celebrated as something that enriches your life. Something that's one of the you know, important factors of making life fun. Mm-hmm. Say like music is. Mm-hmm. Like when you listen to music, you could live without it to stay mm-hmm. alive, but it yeah. was... It makes life fun. Yes, yes. Or you could also listen. You could also live without laughter. Mm-hmm. But what's the point of living? Right. Even you would say. And and the same thing is to me with great flavors. Yes. You know, it's one of the things that it's not necessary to stay alive, but to make life fun and livable. Yeah. And so, I'm so intrigued by places like Japan and China, mm-hmm. and Korea, places that have these unbelievable uh, cuisines mm-hmm. that's been developed through through time and and are so rich and steeped in history and tradition I want to I want to learn from that yes. I want to go and explore that a bit yeah yeah so so you know besides it being a fun thing for the staff to go and do a pop-up like when we did London it was good for the staff Going somewhere in Asia it could really be meaningful for our cuisine here too. Mm-hmm. Lots of inspirations to be found. Yeah, yeah. Would, would you bring a lot of that back with you and incorporate oh, yeah. it in here? I mean, we do that all, all already as it is. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, even though we have our two feet sort of planted in the soil here, you know, we our, our head, our mind travels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everywhere for inspirations to 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 learn from from places that that that's been cooking. A greatness for hundreds of years. I mean, Japan is a perfect example of, of 
something that's just so it's almost I don't you know you go to J- Japan I almost can't understand how it can be so good mm-hmm. like how can food be so good yeah it's how can your food be so good that's what I was thinking down there what, now it's what, downstairs what was the, can you walk us through a little bit of the process of, of how it's all presented because it takes a while right um, well it takes a while I I, I think um, you know the, the all of the different courses really are just another it's like a dream it's like another a feeling you know you, you're opening up with um, it's uh, what is it lingonberries what kind of berries are the first course in the, with the, the lavender on top with the uh, olive no, oil that, those are uh, it's a type of gooseberry gooseberry yeah um and that just that's just a it's just wakes up it's like a wakes up your mouth yeah it's it's a fermented gooseberry and it's with, so delicious yeah with that that's in a it's in a it's in an elderflower oil so all these things are preserves that we mm-hmm. that we do throughout the seasons but if you use it rightly and mix them well together it can it can be sort of you know, like like you say, an awakening. Like here, yes. here let's go. I'm ready now. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a sharp. It's a it's a sharp like kind of awakening that's really pleasant and sweet and not threatening because yeah. <laughs> it's just a berry. And then you have a beautiful. Uh, uh, it's a turnip or a radish. It's like a giant radish turnip, yeah. <laughs> and it comes in a huge. It's like a it's like a tropical drink, but if it's in a not a pineapple, yeah. but it, what is it? It's a radish. It's a giant. It's a it's a it's a, it's a radish. The the sizes of radishes here uh, are uh, are something else. And yeah, uh, so we hollow it out, and and then we sort of, or I would say it in different. We scoop out the heart of it, mm-hmm. and then we cook that mm-hmm. to a broth. Yes, and then we put it back into the, uh-huh. into it. Yes, and then you know we put a sort of a vegetable straw in it, some sort of vegetable stem that's hollow, and then you drink that. And you know the 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 whole thing, the whole radish is quite cold, but the, we heat up the broth, and so you know you have you're holding something that's cold, and it's like holding a cold potato, ice cold potato, and then you drink this from it. You drink this hot thing, so. You know, it it does something to you that you're holding this ice cold thing. Mm-hmm. It's cold now, and then this warm, soothing vegetable-based broth just sort of gets the job done. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like it. Then the things start to escalate. You know, you have um, this uh, shrimps on a cracker that's really creamy but it's also cold. But it's also it's 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 it seems very sort. Of Danish, but it's so it's so hard to explain, but yeah. so delicious. Good. And then, um, and it, it gets even you know the stakes get higher with the fish head. So you have a very uh, unctuous. Um, I don't know what what is the coating on the fish head. It's it's a it's a seaweed coating. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have one of the richest uh, oceans for seaweeds. Yes, hundreds of varieties. In tradition, nobody really uses it. Yeah. Or eats it. It's a new thing. It's a novelty. It's one of the things that's perceived as health food, i.e., this is going to taste bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so we've just discovered all these amazing types of seaweeds. And some of them, they're so rich in flavor. They don't taste like the ocean at all. They taste like, you know, like steak almost. Mm-hmm. Some, some of them, like that seaweed that we do, we, we, we toast it, we burn it basically, and then we blend it with oil to a paste. And that paste, we brush on the fish head, 
and then we grill it, mm-hmm. and that smokiness and a bit char flavor on the fish meat on the cheeks. Yeah, that's the most gelatinous, wonderful, succulent piece of the of the of any fish. I would say, it just becomes extra extra good. Yeah. It's so good that it's, there's like one um, big, big chunk of meat on the, the cheek yeah. that's just a big disc yeah. of, of meat. And it's just a, it's a visceral thing to go in and eat it. And it's, it's on a stick. So it's kind of impaled on a stick and barbecued on the stick. So you really, it does feel like you've done it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're at the beach and you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've, you've put it in the fire there. Yes. Where's the rest of the fish go? No, so, 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 another, another so the dishes? thing is that why we d- we started this this was a few years ago and um a few years ago we were going through an extremely hard winter running out of ingredients mm-hmm. and we were sort of desperate to find stuff and so we sort of foolishly invented a few techniques one of them being something that we call trash cooking uh-huh. now it sounds foolish stupid but the idea was that hey why, what is it that we usually throw in the bin? You know, it's a bad winter. We're running out of ingredients. We need to make sure that we're not losing out of food stuff just because we have old traditions that are telling us that this is not food. Mm-hmm. And one of the things historically here that we throw out, unless we boil a soup of it, would be fish heads. Yeah. And then that was the seed of that dish that, you, that you're having now. And then we discovered that, you know, you call up your fishmonger and he has tons of fish heads. Mm-hmm. Now, he sells them typically for uh, there's places that dry them or for stocks and stuff like that. And we said, okay, we taught him how to select the best ones, the, the ones mm-hmm. that were just alive. And so that's what they do to us. We simply buy what would okay. be... Uh, uh, almost trash mm-hmm. for the fishmonger and we serve that up and you know and we and another thing that we also did is that this this idea of of trash cooking is that you know you have to look at each ingredient differently suddenly suddenly you cannot look at a fish head and uh, and not put the same cooking value to it like you do with a steak mm-hmm. do you understand the mm-hmm. difference here mm mm-hmm. Like you have a carrot, you have a steak, the carrot's very cheap, the, car- the steak's very expensive, so naturally you would spend more time on the, on the steak as opposed to the carrot. So that changed, that, 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 that was a, par- a shift of paradigm for us mm-hmm. when we started that trash cooking. Suddenly we, we started to see each ingredient with the same value, the same cooking value, mm-hmm. realizing that it's, that it's the chef that's the problem, not the pricing. You know? yeah. It's the yeah. imagination of the chef and the skill of the chef. And any good cook should be able to get something that's as delicious as a good steak out of a carrot. Yes, yes, yes. If you ask me. Yeah. yeah. It's much more difficult, but you can get there. It's, well, it's skill and talent and imagination, like yeah. you said, yeah. Well, like I love the treatment of the beets, the roasted beetroot, where you, you had, it was almost like a leather, beefy, kind of meaty quality with the with the. I guess you'd burnt the mm-hmm. beetroot and then made just pulled out the heart. Yeah. So no. So actually, what we do is that you 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 put it in the oven mm-hmm. and you keep turning it every twenty minutes mm-hmm. while you cook it on high heat, mm-hmm. and so it chars the outside of it. And the thing is that usually the the sh- the waters they would just plumber to the to the surface mm-hmm. or to the to the sort of. Um, 
so the bottom of, of, of the vegetable, because we keep twisting and turning, it stays equal all around and, and it chars quite evenly. Yeah. And so we scrape that charred layer off and then underneath that charred layer, you have this incredibly condensed, leathery, chewy, incredibly flavorsome beet yeah. meat yeah. that actually has same qualities as eating steak. Yes. But it's you know, it's beet. Yeah. And it's, but so when you eat that, of course, it processes differently. It's much lighter to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can eat more courses and it's just a, a lighter, more delightful feeling to eat vegetables like that as opposed to yet another meat dish, if mm-hmm. you ask me. Yeah. 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 And I love the um, leek that was in like a leek, leek, yeah. <laughs> leeks inside of a leek. Yeah. It was so clever and beautiful. Like you, to, to, to take out the heart. It was like a leek coffin. You made like a leek, <laughs> a coffin like the, of a leek for a leek. And then you ate the leek. But it was like two different leeks. Or is it one No, leak? it's one leek. It's one. Yeah, you grill the leek. Uh-huh. And then you open it up. Mm-hmm. And then you scoop out gently the heart of it. Yes. And you slice that while marinating it in sort of different condiments. Yes. And then you put it back into it mm-hmm. and close it up. And so it looks like just a whole leek. And then you have, you, you know, you present it with a spoon and then you just scoop out the heart of the leek that we, that we dressed and made ready. It was like a gefilte leek. <laughs> it was really, you know, because that's what a gefilte fish is like. It, yeah. you, you just empty out this fish skin and then you put it back in. But it was like with a leek. I mean, it was just so rich, but but light because yeah. it was a leek. Yeah. But it was so, it, there were so many levels of imagination and skill. And I mean, I, I, I just, uh, I can't wait to see uh, what you do in another. We'll come to uh, Asia to your restaurant there. Ooh. And yeah. we'll eat there. To a pop-up somewhere when it's going to happen. I'm sure it's going to happen, but we don't know where. Mm-hmm. We're working on it. I wish I could say more. but No, no. We'll, yeah. I'll, I'll find out. Yeah. But where can people find out about where you're going to be? Are you going to... You're always... Are you going to post this all over? You're going you're gonna to be on... Well, you're always on different social media. So, And yeah. you're always on TV and yeah. stuff. We w- I mean, we would always put it out on our Twitter account. Yes. You know, that's sort of on the way we reach people here. Yes. Yeah. So what is your Twitter account? Rene Redzepi Noma. And you're also on Instagram, which yes. is beautiful. Your Instagram account is really, really gorgeous. <laughs> really beautiful photographs, really inspiring. Yeah. This is the same name. I think it's really, I, I don't know. I, I just want everybody to come here and I want people to know what food can be. Everybody is welcome here. It's so, it's a once in a lifetime thing. And, you know, I think people know that. I, I think I, I'm totally moved. I can't wait to come back again. Are you, do you change the, me, the sort of menu seasonally? Yeah. Now? So if you came back, say, in August, yeah. it would be quite different. From yeah, now. yeah. Oh, yeah. I will. I will be back. Yeah, come back when the sun is shining and yeah. it's not winter. Yeah, <laughs> but just to taste how different it is. I mean, this is was a really beautiful, um, you know, fall going into winter. And now, you know, that this, this is going to be a different again in spring and yeah, yeah. summer. Absolutely. And, you know. Spring, that's when... Everything, that's when the world comes back to life for us. That's yeah. our New Year's. Mm-hmm. When the first Ramsons they shoot, mm-hmm. that's a wild garlic type flavored thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you brush off the leaves in the forest and then you see these green little jewels in the forest floor. And then you know that that's the beginning of a new year. And then everything becomes gentle, green, fragile in the menu. Oh. Then summer, berries, so ripe beautiful. vegetables, ripe fruit, mm-hmm. autumn. Mm-hmm more game 
mushroomy, mm-hmm. you know, hearty vegetables. And then comes winter where it's sort of more into the fermentations, the pickles, quite a few seafood is, is in high season. Uh. And then it just starts again over and over. And with each year, you know, we're just a, we're just a year cleverer. Yeah. It's so exciting. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You can reach me at Margaret Cho. Where can they tweet you? At Jimmy Shelter. We are every Monday on SoundCloud.com, and we um, can be subscribed to on iTunes. We can't thank you enough, Renee. And and um, I'm just, I can't thank you enough personally, but uh, this was really, really special. So thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.